You're listening to the Two Bucks Podcast, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. Little by little, I was getting the sense of my time isn't my time. Just kept feeling this pull to the outdoors and wanting to do something in the outdoor space. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Bucks Podcast, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brian Krebs, and tonight I have Rob Grandchamp from Gilly Puck. And I saw an Instagram reel with a product. Typically, this is how it goes when I find a guest. I find a reel or a TikTok with a product that usually resonates with me, and I'm like, oh, man, I've had that exact pain before. So I want to get this person on the podcast, and that's exactly what happened with you, Rob, is I, I saw an Instagram reel with your product, and I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta get Rob on the podcast. So, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, thanks again for uh, for having me. Um, yeah, doing real good. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, I forgot to hit the video record button, so I'm gonna do that real fast before we get too Perfect. far along. But um, yeah, I'm glad to have you here too. So, so Gilly Puck. I mean, we'll give people an overview of it. Um, but I'll let you explain what it is, but it, you're really looking at concealment, tree stand and blind concealment, right? Yeah. So what it is, um, we kind of tried to make the world's most versatile, uh, portable tree. All of your camera mount accessories, uh, and that's with the center puck plug puck plug adapter excuse me and uh you know or it could be strapped to a tree it could be strapped to you know the front of your stand it can hook onto any camera mount accessory which allows you to put it on a tripod on magnets on clamps on again anywhere a, a camera can be mounted to this can be mounted to as well and that's what we wanted to bring everybody so they have to go out and get all these extra applications to hook this thing up they can kind of um, the way i like to explain it is we're giving you the hammer and we want you to build the house Oh yeah. That's, I mean, it's super cool. It allows you, it's like a little, it's very small, compact, and it looks like you guys also have different types of habitat accessories for it to kind of match your exact environment, but you can set it up and it looks like you can, you know, do a backdrop, you could do foreground cover, but basically, so you're just not hanging out there in the open about to get busted, right? Yeah, correct. So we have over 15 different styles of, uh, um, variations of leaves and branches uh so um our, our motto is kind of like any season uh, any setting um, so we want you to be able to get us you know as close to the the hunt as possible get really um up close intimate and personal with that that hunt whether you're a bow hunter or rifle hunter so we try to um give as many variations uh as we as we could um you know to kind of appeal to anyone's situation essentially all right so now I gotta ask, did the idea for Gilly Puck come at the expense of like a blown opportunity at a giant buck because that you had no cover? Oh, I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second. No, that's okay. Might be on my end. Um, I was just gonna ask you, did the idea for Gilly Buck come uh, at the expense of a blown opportunity on like a giant buck or a huge tom? And, and you realized I need more cover so I don't get busted next time. Uh, sort of. I wish I could lie to you right now and say it was a giant 
buck, but um, no, unfortunately not. Uh, it was it was at the expense of getting blown out by doe after doe after doe after doe. Um, I was hunting on my my in laws had a like a five acre parcel behind their house, and it just happened to be like a perfect like throughway for um, deer. And the one, like the only good trees that weren't, um, that weren't, I, I guess, brittle, uh, were essentially telephone poles with no coverage whatsoever. So um, me knowing very little about hunting uh, back in 2018, uh, got up in that tree and that was as close as I could get to where I saw the deer were moving in the evenings and in the morning. So I got up in that tree and they'd come down the hill and every And uh, I guess that's maybe what kind of gave me the perspective is I wasn't, I didn't have any pre-taught ways of hunting. So I was kind of able to see things from the outside and maybe see an opportunity that could be, you know, uh, presented. So I, I then went inside and I took a two by four and I cut it to about, you know, to maybe like four inches. And then I sawed off the corners and I drilled these like screws and I had like a few broken arrows uh like I said I was a little little uh rusty back then as my as my uh bow hunting journey began but um so I took uh I took these broken arrows and I put them inside pieces of aluminum actually I have right here this the first uh the first variation of it. So it's like this little piece of aluminum and I stuck an arrow in there and then I was sticking branches in it and I screwed it onto to this piece right here, which is, is that piece of wood wow. two by four. And I just cut the, so yeah, these screwed right onto this and, uh, and I stuck branches in there. I stuck, you know, artificial branches in there and, um, yeah, that's kind of how the whole thing started. And I, I hung it up in my tree and, and I was up there and I, and I had, I hung it behind me and I kind of made it as like a backdrop. I think I had like five or six branches on there. And, uh, all of a sudden the does come, I'm out there the next day and I got in there, you know, a little bit early to, I was real excited to try this out, but wasn't sure how it was going to work. And, you know, I just, the logic seemed like it was, you know, it seemed like, Hey, this is a logical thing. I don't have anything breaking up my silhouette up here um let me create something so i created this thing i got up there and the doe comes down the hill and here comes you know a few more and they're all walking like you know 20 yards and it's the first time i haven't been blown out by the doe and i'm like i'm like all right this is something here like this is this is it i mean like i said i had a, i had a little bit of um knowledge in camouflaging just you know due to my uh marine corps experience and uh you know we worked uh very close we had sniper uh two snipers on each team so um you know so i had a little bit of uh an advantage i guess in that sense so i understood the importance of you know camouflage versus backdrop and stuff like that but i had no knowledge of how it played into hunting and you know being in a tree i've never really hit in a tree um in the marine corps so uh i kind of just took the combination of both and created this little wooden block and hung it behind me and I was like 
this might this is a thing. And then uh, and then it slowly started to evolve into uh, you know what it what it is today. And you know, I tried to make it as efficient as possible. Um, and yeah, and do it you know, have it be able to set up as quick as possible. So that's kind of where we introduced like the twist lock technology um, that we have for our limbs today. So it's just quickly snap on. I can you know create a shooting lane now, which that was a big problem I had. Uh, once the does went past me, I had a buck go past me. And I couldn't shoot through the, the branches. And I was like, man, this would be awesome. I was like, this would be awesome if I could just quickly like undo it, make my shot and twist it back on and continue the hunt or, you know, whatever have it. And, uh, and so I was like, I, you know, then I just started, you know, each day just trying to think of a more efficient way to help people that were essentially in my situation. So, and so you said this all started in 2018, 2018. Yeah. So you've been playing with this design and, and updating it and tinkering it throughout the last four years. And then you decided, you know, this is it. And I'm going to launch. Yeah, it was, uh, it was about 2019, uh, no, excuse me, uh, 2021, uh, the end part of it. Uh, and I was like, man, I'm like, this is, I'm like, I, you know, hundreds of drawings and just everything down to the measurements and the pitch of this, you know, the, the new, excuse me, the new gilly puck and the, the branch designs and how everything would connect. And so I, I kind of, did the self-engineering. I'm not saying it's the greatest, but I did, you know, got it to work and, you know, played with it enough where I was like, all right, this is the design and this is how it's going to attach. And I wanted it to be one of those things where you didn't, you know, you can attach it to anything. I didn't want people to have to go out and buy different accessories and everything. I wanted it to be able to, you know, again, I, like I keep saying is give them the hammer and let them build the house with it. Um, you know, we puck being the hammer. So yeah, I uh, launched in about, you know, I put in for the patent, I think in 2000, started the patent process in 2021, the end part of it, and then uh, started production in 2022 of, I believe it was like late October or the first day of November. And then like by day three one, or day two, November 2nd or 3rd, our video, one of our videos went viral and we, uh, we sold out and I was like, all right. <laughs> That's I'm like this. The, I'm, it, it was a good feeling because it was. I was so unsure, and I, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I had a gut feeling it worked for me, but just being so new to hunting and not knowing, you know, what what hunters really enjoy. I just like I really did try to create something that I personally thought would help others in my situation, and I guess, I guess through that method, it proved to be, you know, it, it proved to be a thing. So. That's awesome. So I want to go back a minute because you said you filed the patent and we've had a couple people with patent and products on the podcast before, but we've never really dove into that process. And I have a little bit of experience with it through my day job. We have on staff patent attorneys that we can work with. If any of the engineers invent something patentable, something with IP. And my brother's also got a patent for an outdoor product. Um, in the past. And so I kind of know a little bit just on the outside, the very fringe, but I wanted to have you, if you will, give us a little insight to like, what did that patent process look like for getting a patent on the ghillie puck? Oh, absolutely, man. And again, if I can help anybody along the way, like that's, that's why I'm, that's why I'm here. So, uh, if I could save anybody the headaches and the time, um, 
Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, the patent process was pretty, pretty grueling. I guess it was pretty. Uh, I don't know. I've just never done anything like that. It was just like it was so like a to that like official of a capacity. I guess um, where I, I kind of you know, was overthinking a lot of things and didn't know what to protect on it. And I just, my biggest fear was I was going to make something that worked and then, you know, have somebody come along and, you know, make a knockoff version of it and all the time and quality I put into this thing and make a knockoff, you know, cheap version of it. And then I lose everything and, you know, and then, you know, it's a, a crappy part product is being sold out there. And so, um, I guess uh, the process starts with like the attorney filing for a patent search, which you can, you can do yourself. Um, I didn't know that then I do now it's something that you could probably save uh, 2,500 hours of your hard earned money to, <laughs> to do yourself. Um, but it is always good to have an attorney. I would, I would recommend it. I just, again, it's one of those things where it's like, if any little mistake is made, you know, there's always somebody with bigger lawyers that can find loopholes and, you know, kind of mm. screw you over essentially. So, you know, it starts with the, uh, the patent research, um, to make sure there's nothing else out there. And there is other, you know, there's, there's other camouflaging devices out there, but not in a, you know, not to the capacity of ours and not to the versatility of ours, which, um, I was very lucky that I didn't have to keep going back and making revision after revision. I, I sat there, I, you know, I put in my time and I spent, I did my due diligence and spent all the time, you know, researching how to make this thing better. What could I do? Um, and so I kind of had everything ready to go and what I wanted this thing to be right off the bat. But yeah, so you, you, you then get the, you know, the results back and a lot of times there might not even be a product out on the shelf. Um, might just be somebody filed for a patent 10 years ago and is paying for it or five years ago, whatever, and hasn't manufactured it yet. Mm. And like, you know, that was one of the big setbacks uh, we had. We, when we saw something that like almost looked like ours, it, again, it had no relevance to ours. Um, but it, it did at first when I saw it and get kicked back to the lawyer. And the nice part about it is my lawyer wasn't a hunter. So I really wanted to make sure that my patent lawyer um, had no hunting experience. I wanted no biased, um, opinions on this. I wanted somebody that was, mm. you know, strict, strictly from like a professional, like, Hey, this looks like this, or this doesn't, or this is this. Cause I didn't want to, you know, get, you know, I don't even want to say the, the number out loud, but, uh, you know, I didn't want to get thousands of dollars into this thing. Um, again, with nobody, nobody's funding, nobody was funding this. This was my wife and I, you know, fresh out of the Marine Corps, both uh, full-time jobs and was working in the warehouse at the time. So every dollar was, uh, every dollar was pretty crucial. Um, but yeah, so uh, he sent back things that he thought may, you know, be similar. And I had to write up a summary as to what differ, what, how mine differs from the process and, uh, or from, excuse me, from the other, um, the other items and what makes, you know, the functionality of it, what differs. And, um, you know, we decided to go forward with it and we thought, you know, we came to the conclusion, he came to the conclusion that there really wasn't anything to that, you know, level of intricacy and, 
um, versatility, I guess. So it was, it was definitely by far different enough um, and unique enough to, to have its own separate patent. So that was, uh, we're still going through, uh, you know, the, the final patent process. Um, it is, it's still patent pending today, um, but it has been assigned. So we're, we're right there at the edge of it. And then. Okay. Yeah. That's. So once you get the patent search phase done and you decide, okay, there's nothing else that is out in the market that can compete with our product. It's, it's unique enough. And it's, you know, I know there's some phrasing around patents and it has to, you know, it has to be unique. It has to be novel. Um, you can't patent things that are kind of like, eh, anyone could do that. Um, right. Yeah. It has to have a specific like right. genre too. like, yeah, exactly. This episode is brought to you by Steelhead Outdoors. What makes a Steelhead Outdoors gun safe stand out, aside from being the only American-made fire-insulated modular gun safe on the market, is the fact that you can customize your safe to be the perfect fit for you. Whether you pick one of the fan-favorite colors inspired by our national parks or one of the nearly 1,000 custom colors they offer, your safe is going to be perfect. You can even get a safe in a rust color where they actually make the metal rust to just the right level and then they seal it so you always have a perfectly rustic looking safe and that's just on the outside when it comes to the inside you can configure it all kinds of different ways by adding panels to the door using shelves on half to organize ammo or even adding their motion activated light kit i went with their brand new recon 32 line in the awesome tactical looking black and white And I currently have my safe set up with lawn guns on half and shelves on the other side so I can store all of my ammo, and I love it. But the best part is it's completely modular. So as your firearm collection grows, you can configure your Steelhead Outdoors safe to match. Check out SteelheadOutdoors.com to build your custom safe. And use the code 2BUCKS, that's one word, Two bucks to save a hundred and fifty dollars on your steelhead outdoors safe. And so once you're through that phase, you're like, all right, I think this is something we could patent. Was it kind of like a downhill slide after that with the patent attorney? He does draws up the paperwork and sends it to the US Patent Office and then you just wait? Did you have to do a bunch of revisions of the US Patent Office? I mean, how what does the process look like after that? Yeah, so that's what I initially thought. I thought it was like the patent research. Okay, this is different. Boom, send it out, and we're good. However, it was much more. Um, I don't know. You know, I I, I don't want to. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to. You know, slander him or anything. I don't know if he's a good patent attorney or a bad patent attorney. I guess time will tell. But I mean, I kept getting. He kept saying, "Change this, change this. You're going to want to add this." So, I mean, I I wrote up. I was like, you know, I'm going to write up like a 10 page summary of all the things that you've sent me and everything I sent you. So, I mean, I've spent, I spent nights on this and showed how mine was different. Um, all this. So I basically wrote up this giant summary and, um, features that it has its capabilities, its possibilities, um, and kind of, you know, pushed it out there. So then he takes that he does his revisions. He comes back and it's a lot of back and forth for, you know, it seemed like months. Actually, it, it, it was months. It was, uh, you know, a lot of back and forth for months and, Hey, do you like this? And I'm like, no, I don't, I, you know, I don't really like that wording. And so it's, 
it's one of those things where it's like, man, you're already, you're already financially invested and, you know, emotionally invest in this thing. And you can either, um, can either stop and, you know, never know what would be, or you can, you know, say, Hey, I could always make the money back in the future or, you know, pick up an extra job if this thing doesn't work out. And then you can run across. I saw a, a quote by Dr. Phil, where he was like, um, this kind of what really helped me go through it. He was talking about, uh, when he was in Texas, they used to run across the street and he goes, some kids would get halfway across the street and they do it barefoot. Sorry. That was a big part of it. He goes, some kids would get halfway across the street and then turn around and run back because it was so hot. But he goes, it's the same distance to run all the way across the street as to go to the middle and run back. Right. And, and uh, you know, and then you're rewarded because you cross the street, you're already over there. You don't have to do it again. And that was kind of like my, my mentality the whole time was, you know, I'm just going to keep going. And, you know, I'm again, emotionally invested. I saw this works and I just have to keep believing that, you know, this is the thing that's going to, you know, help hunters like me, especially new hunters or even veteran hunters and, you know, things like that. So, you know, not to get too sidetracked with that, but, uh, that was, uh, it was a lot of back and forth. So for months, like him making corrections and a lot of editing of wordage and ver or excuse me, words and verbiage. And, uh, and then they send it out and then it's usually something's wrong. So they have to send it back and it's another check and then it, it sends out. So it's, it's not for the week. And, uh, yeah, just, it could all be for nothing at the end too, is like a crazy, thing like it could get denied and you might have to change some things and they might not accept it ever so it's got to be it's kind of one of those things that are pretty pretty tough i mean unless you you're 100 percent sure you know i don't i don't I'm not saying it's not a beautiful thing to do but it's i also don't want to give advice and put somebody in like a financial bind um you know especially somebody you know like me that was working those late hours and kept you know, investing all my personal funds that, you know, wasn't much at the time into it. And uh, yeah, you know, if, if you have something, go for it and, you know, crush it. Believe wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, I, you don't have to obviously say what, what you, what it costs and stuff. I've heard from a lot of different people, like plan on 10,000. I mean, don't go into it with a, thinking it's going to be less than that. And then it, from there, it kind of depends on your attorney, how many rounds it takes to go through, probably depends on how novel and unique your product is. I mean, if you're like really trying to force something that's not really that novel and unique, that's probably where it costs a lot more because you're finding more iterations to work around what's already out there. If you invent something that's completely new, never heard of, it might be a little bit easier to go through the patent process because they might be like, yep, never seen anything like that before. We'll accept it on the first try. But it still comes down to your attorney. Like what are they charging per hour? Because that's, I assume that's what, the, what's racking up, right? Is the attorney's time and he's just billing you for his time to be working on this. It's not like a flat rate fee that they do. Yeah, exactly. And there's nobody looking over. You're not looking over his shoulder to see how much time he's actually putting into it either. So it's like, I, and that's what I'm saying. I, time will tell on this attorney. Um, I can tell you right now that, uh, you know, that we are farther than, uh, 10 grand into this and you know it was a lot of overtime shifts and stuff but I, you know i'm hoping it's uh you know i'm hoping it pays off in the end but uh yeah i you know i don't know i know that there's there's levels of it too like if it's anything mechanical in nature it always is going to be you know more claims on the you know the the sheet the draw up and everything like that so it's gonna 
it's gonna it can it can really you know get up in the 20 30s sometimes i've heard of 40s 50s so i mean it really does depend on your product and like exactly like you said if there isn't anything like that there is something like that it's going to be going back and forth with the lawyer a lot with you know what i did so it's you're paying for his time every every phone call every revision everything so the one thing i'd suggest is like if you know what you have write down right now i'm going to save everybody a bunch of money write down everything that makes it unique and do your own research on everything else that you can personally find and how it differs and its uniqueness. And then, you know, hopefully that saves you some money right there and you don't have to keep going back and forth. Yeah. And there's different, so you're, there's different levels to intellectual property protection, right? Yeah. And so that's something that we deal with a lot. And so you can go patent and where a patent really shines is when your product is unique. No one's thought of it before, but as soon as they see it, anyone could make it, which is like the yeah. ghillie puck. Like as soon as Primos or Cabela's or Bass Pro or anybody in China sees it, they're like, oh, I can make one of those for half the price because we have 15 cent labor instead of $15 an hour labor. And right. that's where you. that's where it's like there's not much out there to protect you other than your brand or your patent. And if you don't have a brand, like like Gillipuck, for example, you probably didn't have a Gillipuck brand before you started this. Like, you didn't have a name right. to rely on that says, no, that's a China knockoff. I'm going to stick with the brand I know. Yeah. You're probably going to be fighting against the brands that have the name, like GSM or HME, that have that name, and then they're now you're they're trying to build the same thing you're building because you don't have a patent, and so that's one way. The other way is if your product is just so complex and innovative, you can just keep that as a trade secret. Like the Bush's baked yeah. bean recipe is a great example of a trade secret. You know their whole advertising campaigns around like don't release the recipe because as soon as we release it, anybody in the world can make the same flavored baked beans. So we just don't tell anybody. So if you have any yep. type of IP, like that's pretty easy with software. Like if you right. have a cool, innovative software product, just don't release your code and no one can really do exactly what you're doing, especially not cheap. Right, exactly. So those are kind of the two ways you can protect an idea. And so if you, that's where it, the, it depends on where you're at. I mean, do you have a brand that can overcome some competition? Then you might not need a patent. If you don't and you know it's going to be huge, then you might need the patent. And then I think that's, you can copyright too, but that's not really for physical products. That's more for, for written products, digital products, software, I think can fall under some copyright code, which is obviously a lot easier to get copyrights on stuff, but it, it doesn't, like you can't copyright a physical product. So that, that's where that protection disappears. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, uh, like I said, a lot of going back and forth with my lawyer, because I knew that once, you know, a company saw this thing, they're going to be like, that is easy. And that's kind of a, you know, we can, we, somebody with much more, you know, <laughs> uh, well, you know, much more money and capital than, than I possessed as a, you know, a warehouse worker at the time, uh, could pump these out in seconds and, they have the resources, the manufacturing, and the the knowledge and the experience and the systems implemented in order to do so. So I really wanted to um, cover as much as I could and protect myself as much as I could. And that's it's kind of one of those things where I, you know, why I follow through with the whole patent. You know, a patent isn't for everybody, but uh, 
Yeah. I felt it, you know, in my heart that it was, this was going to be something that could change, uh, change the game forever. And at least, you know, help a few people along the way. And that's, that's what I'm all about. So. I do definitely think you made a good choice. If you, I mean, obviously you're serious about this, like you're in it. And if you are serious, I think yeah. your product is the shining example of something to patent because no one's doing it, but it, they could. Um, right. And so, did one? Did you start selling products before you started the patent process? No, um, I started selling products. So I started the patent process, I believe, in 2021 or early 2022, um, officially, and I didn't start selling until, like I said, I think October 20 or October 30. It was either Halloween or November 1st um, when we sold our first product. Um, it was actually to a, a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Dan, and he's uh, an awesome guy. Uh, but uh, the next day, our video went viral and we sold out, so it was, it was so awesome. But yeah, he still has the original Gilly Puck, which isn't quite like this. It's a little bigger and a little bulkier. Okay. But. So now I have two questions, really. So were you waiting to sell until you got your patent pending number? Is that kind of um, the thought process there? Yeah, and at least just till I had the ball rolling. Um, and then, you know, I figured by the time somebody even caught wind or a big company caught wind, I, I kind of did a calculated risk, I guess, mm-hmm. that it would be, you know, further along the patent process. So I could kind of at least try to help start yeah. recuperating some of the, the losses I had for the patent process. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a little bit of both there. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I was kind of curious about. But then um... – Along with the patent process, so one of the things that, like, I don't want to offend you by asking this question because it's your no, baby, no. but a pretty, lot pretty of times patents are almost as offensive as they are defensive, right? And so now you have a yeah. patented product, people interested in it in the marketplace. Now companies like GSM Outdoors or Primos or, you know, you name it, could start knocking on the door and be like, hey, we want to buy your product. We know you have a patent on it. Will you entertain a sale? And is that something you've thought about so far? But I could also see the flip side. We're like, I'm, I love this thing. I melted. I made it. I'm, I'm riding this one. Me and this, me and this patent, me and the ghillie puck are going to be riding off into the sunset together, whether that's tomorrow or 50 years from now. Yeah, man, I, I, I have thought about that and, you know, I kind of, I don't know. I'm torn. Uh, I, I don't want to say lightning doesn't strike twice with an idea. Um, it, I think this whole thing has changed my complete outlook on life. And, you know, just, I feel like the overlook, the people overthink a lot of things. I tell people all the time, um, you know, everybody's trying to invent the next Microsoft and the next, uh, you know, Google or mm-hmm. Apple, whatever, it, you know, everybody overlooks the the simple things in life that, that really help you, the rubber band, the paperclip. So sometimes we're looking too deep into things and it's like the, sometimes the simplest products help the most people, you know, like the rubber band and the paperclip. That's something I always say. And uh, I don't know if it got to the point where, you know, the, the numbers made sense and, you know, they were, you know, they have a lot more employees than I do. And, I could take that money and reinvest it or, you know, help some other in some other way or, you know, do, do something that I could, I guess I would, I would 
take that. If I did, I'm, this is all hypothetical. I have no intention to sell it at this point. I'd love to build this product as mm-hmm. big as possible, you know, hire veterans, hire, you know, hire hunters um, and help as many people along the way. So that's not what I'm saying. However, you know, the flip co- flip side of the coin, if something did happen like that, and I would 100% take that time to do the exact same thing I just did because it was so fun and it was so just seeing the first person that it like helped being myself, it was cool. Cause I mean, I've never, you don't really think about like helping yourself in like a sense. And it was like, right. I was like, uh, you know, I kind of did something and put something into action. And uh, I mean, that's kind of who I am. I, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, a lot of times I'll, I'll tell somebody, I'll tell people just to hold me accountable and that I have to do it. Right. But it was, it was kind of cool to like put something in action, seeing it help myself and then being able to help others. You know, so it was, I'd love to do that again. So if it gave me the opportunity to do so, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things, I guess I don't know until it happened and, you know, but I'd, I'd love as of right now, I'd love to just keep expanding on this. Yeah. I've, I have so many more ideas I want to do in the future, like nothing, you know, a very, you know, um, in the close in the near future, but something, you know, things in the future, I want to expand this and you know, take it as far as I can and help as many people along the way. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I if I, if I had to flip a coin in my mind and say, you know, hey, what do you think? What do you want to see Rob do? If someone asked me, like, like I have my brother-in-law listens to every single podcast and he doesn't hunt yeah. very much right now, which is super cool. I really love it because he'll ask me like, hey, nice podcast or that last one was great. And so he'll listen to this. Yeah. And then if he asked me like, hey, what do you want Rob to do? I would be like, I want to see him ride this out and then win. Like I want to watch a lottery winner, right? Type like that's what I want to see. So I'd be on that side. I get the temptation though, man, if someone came knocking and they're like, Hey, we'll pay you 10 times what you got into the patent. And then we'll give you a little slice of the pie on every unit. It's like, man, that's hard not to think about. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, the number would have to be, you know, it would have to be super, you know, something that I couldn't potentially reach, which I mean, I have very high standards for myself. Uh, I hold myself to like the highest level of accountability. So um, something that I truly believe that I wouldn't be able to reach within a, a 10 year period, mm. because then I'm spending 10, 10 years to be able to help X amount of say that the yeah, end goal I, I'm helping, uh, you know, say if I can help uh, 20,000 people, I don't know. That's just a random number. Shout out to say I can help this many people, but it took me 20 years. However, if I had, you know, the capital to be able to do this again and help 20,000 people in a year, like, I mean, that's kind of my mentality is like, how many, where could I work? How could I build another piece to the puzzle and help some help this many more people or, uh, you know, something along those lines? I don't know. Yeah, no, I hear you. No, I I get it. Like, it, it would be a... I hope one day you at least get the offer so you can have that excitement and that little flurry and think about it and then, you know, make whatever decision you want to make. I hope those offers come, but that also means it, it is a winner. Like you are making, like, I don't think those people, Bill Primos and, and um, Ben Smith or whoever owns GSM now, I don't think they usually buy products that aren't winning it, right? They want to acquire market, not, you know, acquire losers. And so, just by the nature yeah. of them reaching out, you, you kind of already know you, you made it right. Like that'll be a good feeling. Yeah, it would be a good feeling. It would, uh, those, uh, you know, those sleepless nights. I mean, there's, there's definitely been some, uh, some nights we just had, my wife and I just had a, it's my wife and I that run, you know, the company right now. And, uh, 
we had our, our first child um, last, uh, not this past January, um, 22. Um, and, oh, you know, there's been a right in the middle yeah, of it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. So we got an 18 month old. And uh, it was it was, again, one of those things. It's like I have so much going on. But if I, you know, um, if I don't cross that highway now, I'm going to have to cross it again in the future. And it's going to be it might even be hotter than who knows, you know. Yeah. Uh, kind of go back to that Dr. Phil quote. But um, but there's been a lot of nights where, you know, the wife and I and this is where part of me is like, man, I wouldn't sell it because there's so many nights that we were down there till on a, you know, on work nights, uh, till two, three in the clock in the morning, just making, you know, all, all the, the limbs and everything like that. And, you know, just doing stuff and cutting things. And it's it just, you know, it's just all the blood, sweat and tears and moments missed maybe, you know, with my daughter and that I, you know, I'll never get back and stuff like that to, to, live out this dream yeah i don't you know i i think i'd I'd say i'd be tempted by the uh the low-hanging fruit there maybe an offer but i don't think i think when it came down to it like i'd have a flashback of that and again if i could you know leave my daughter with something and um you know or just have her be able to see it and be like you know that's cool he's chasing like he he chased his dreams and he went after it and he you know knock down the obstacles like that's a gift i want to be able to give to her is just like the ability to tell her you can do it because you know i did it and if i can do it you definitely can do it anybody can do it you know that's so i don't you know and think about it again it'd be it'd be tempting and we'll see i don't know i don't know where i'll be when that time comes maybe i'm just you know sick of the uh the internet warriors and they get the best of me and all the people saying how dumb this product is on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Maybe I'll just quit one day. I highly doubt it, but who knows? I don't know. You know, I, I don't like know. To... After what you just <laughs> said, I don't, I don't see you selling. I, after all, after the, all the passion that comes out when you talk about it and all those late nights and the work you put into it and the dream you have and already starting to think about the next generation, I don't see you selling this. Um, <laughs> I don't see it happening, but, but it's, it is really powerful to hear like that much energy. And that's, that's really the whole point of this podcast is to, to share with people like others that have done it and they feel that same energy. Cause you know, you're probably the 55th, 56th person that I've talked to on this podcast and every one of them has the same exact energy. So it's almost like, it's almost like a given that if you if you pull the trigger and chase your dreams, especially like being an outdoor entrepreneur with all the passion we already have for the outdoors, and then you combine that with a journey, with some growth, with something you build with your own hands, whether it's like a YouTube channel that you spent all night every night editing videos for, or a ghillie yeah. puck that you spend all night every night cutting habitat and making product, it's something you're building with your own hands. And then it's like almost a given you're going to have that energy and that passion when you talk about it. And so that's why I want more people to like feel comfortable or confident by hearing other people's stories to say, yeah, I am going to start that idea that I had. I mean, that's the whole point of this. Yeah. And, uh, you you know, I have been able to talk to quite a few people, whether it's trade shows or just people I come across my life or, you know, friends that have reached out and stuff like that. And, you know, they're all like, oh, you know, everybody wants the, the, the secret is to like how or what, you know, oh, I'm thinking about starting something. I guess it's just inches lead to miles. Yeah. You know, 
inches lead to feet, feet lead to, you know, yards, yards lead to miles. Um, but inches eventually lead to miles. And that's what, you know, people just need to realize is that just do it. You know, you have, you're all in on life, man. You're uh, we're a hundred percent going to die at the end of this life, man. So you're all in. Why not, you know, why not try to do something? You know, why yeah. not try to help, help somebody along the way and uh, help yourself, you know, help yourself, try to give yourself the confidence to say like, like I did something. And then it just, it opens so many more opportunities to say like, I did something for myself. I could do something for, you know, Joe and uh, John Smith. And, you know, I can, you know, and then who knows, maybe you create, that's, I, I, I don't know. I guess that's how. That's how things get created and that's how problems get solved. And, you know, I just, yeah, I think everybody has something that they wish they could do. And, you know, all this is just taking that thought. And then the next day, just waking up and just doing, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's just writing, signing one signature or purchasing one piece of the product or whatever it is, you know, just one thing a day inches lead to miles. Yeah. yeah. And it, it doesn't take a lot. I mean, it can take a lot I and mean, it's all about what you put into it, but you don't have to start with like staying up all night every night. I mean, it, it's, I've been there. I've done that. I've, I've made some pretty poor decisions on, you know, I've dealt the story before, but doing like a, a fundraiser, a t-shirt fundraiser in the middle of hunting season and making the yeah. shirts myself like that was a bad idea. So I'm out there. I am 3 a.m. peeling vinyl and making some heat press shirts. And oh, so yeah. not doing fundraisers anymore during elk hunting season. I just that did <laughs> that did not work. But yeah. it you can like with this podcast, like I record these when people are available. I edit them when I've got some free time. Um, now I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel associated with the podcast with the farm we just bought and. So that I'll have to I'll have to find some time because time's not free. You can't just get more of it. I'll have to yep. figure out, get creative. Maybe you know, hang out with the family, and then when my wife goes to bed, then I hop on for an hour or two. You know, and maybe I just sleep an hour less or something. But it doesn't have to be these gargantuan efforts that I think turn a lot of people off from starting a business. But on the flip side, like you got that, there's a, like a pep in your step. When you're, when you're, when you're on a journey, when you're on a mission and you're like getting closer and you're getting closer, like that energy and that momentum's contagious in other parts of your life as well. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't necessarily need to be like a Jocko or like a David Goggins to, to, to start something, you know, like those guys were like forged through just insane events in their lives and stuff like that. Like you can be you know, again, that's why I tell everybody too. I'm like, you can be just like the most normal guy, gal, whatever, and just do something the next day. All it is is just doing it. And it's not always, there will be, there will be times. And I think that's what separates it. And that's where the line is because there's a time. And I, I, I would absolutely be lying if I said there wasn't, but there are times when I'm like, I'm done. Like I can't do this anymore. Like I have hit my wall and then I just go another day yeah, and just one more day, just one more day. And just keep saying that in my head, just one more day. And those times pass. And then you're like, this is great. And you get the highs and the lows. So if you stay kind of like right in the middle through everything, you know, you don't get too high, you don't get too low and you're kind of right there. And you, you know, you ride the, 
you don't ride the lightning and you don't, you know, drown in sorrow. So you kind of just say, Hey, this will pass. Um, so let me, let me be humbled and kind of, you know, just take it at face value. And, uh, yeah. And just, again, just one more day. And, you know, then I feel like that's the barrier. You know, sometimes when people hit that wall, they think this is as far as it can go. You know, sometimes that wall is very short. You can walk right around that thing, you know, Maybe there's a door. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can climb over it. Who knows? But, you know, walls are there to test your will to see, you know, how far. Otherwise, everybody would do it. You know, it's not there. There's always obstacles, but, you know, obstacles are meant to be achieved and to go around and to climb over and to, you know, be figured, be solved. Um, so, yeah, you just got to, you know, there, there will be grueling nights and there will be long days, but it's not like that all the time. And it doesn't have to be like that. You know, work smarter, not harder. Sometimes it's a tried and true method. You know. Yeah. No. No kidding. So it is. It is. Um, we've talked about it many times on the podcast, but it is one of those things where it's like sometimes the low, the the like the biggest low you've had comes like ironically or or um really like suspiciously close to the next big high. Yeah, dawn's always darkest right before the uh, the light. Yeah, you know? and it's like, and see so if you just keep pushing forward, like it, we've talked about it on recently, where it's really like these huge. At the beginning, it's huge highs and huge lows. Like you're super excited to launch, and then maybe launch doesn't go as good as you thought, or you get a, another email from your lawyer saying there's more changes, and now you're deep down. But if you keep going, eventually they'll start to smooth out, and they start to kind of point upwards. You learn, you get better. As long as you don't quit, you can't fail. Right. And so that's, and then eventually your, you know, your lows really aren't as low as they used to be. And your highs are always getting a little bit higher than they used to be. Yeah. No, I, I, man, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, it, you know, it really is. And, uh, you know, for a while, again, I really took at face value because I cared about I, my initial thing, the launching this was to, again, help people in my situation. And so I, you know, again, I'd be lying when I said like one of my biggest lows was, uh, you know, when the video launched and we're getting, you know, a thousand comments on it and, you know, all the people that are commenting on it are all like, oh, this is such bullshit. You know, sorry, yeah, I hope I can swear. You know, <laughs> but, uh, I don't think many, uh, uh, you know, I don't think many elementary school kids are listening to a business hunting podcast. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, all right, well then I, you know, follow through with that statement, you know, all the people that are like, this is bullshit. This ain't going to work. Uh, you know, this is the dumbest thing I ever saw. And I'm like, man, like this, you know, that kind of bummed me out because like, I really, again, I was, I was excited. Like I'm helping people and, you know, that's really what I've always, you know, what I want to do. And that's what I, you know, want to continue doing. And so when you see that, but then a kind of a moment at like a low point and I'm like, damn, but there's, 40,000 likes on this. And I'm like, you know what? There's always going to, and that's kind of what it hit me. There's always going to be haters and they're, you know, people love to hate, but they're mad because they're not out doing it or they were too scared to do it. So they're going to put you down. Yeah. So I guess, you know, anyone, anyone listening, man, get out there and don't worry about the haters. Cause they just, they tell you what you're doing wrong for free. And that's the beauty of it, man. Yeah. You don't have to pay for consulting. <laughs> well, you probably got to your, uh, you probably got to your, thousand comments and you're like man this is sucks and then you go check your shopify account and you're out of product <laughs> <laughs> yeah we sold out i guess uh yeah that was uh that was a big you know that was that was the high right after the low and, yeah um 
you see, you're another person. It's like a, it's going to be like a law of entrepreneurship because I've, I've talked to everyone about this and everyone says the same thing. And now you have, there's another testament to that little, like whatever, for whatever reason, it's like, it's almost like it's a test followed by an instant reward. Like it's just, yeah. you get thrown a test of like, here, here's a thousand negative comments. How are you going to handle it? And you're like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm going to keep going forward. Then boom, you wake up in the morning and you got like 150 orders and you're out of product. <laughs> it's that it's that wall, man. It's that wall. And like you said, even from a test, man, if you quit once that question gets hard on the test, you don't know if the rest of the questions are going to be easy, man. So if you get up and walk away, you'll never know. And you'll never know what score you got. So, you know, just yeah. finish it, you know, don't, don't worry about the question you don't know or the obstacles in your way, man. Cause that's, that's what they're there for. They're just to say, Hey, how bad do you want this? Yeah. Okay. You went, you, you did it. You woke up another day and you got after it again, or, you know, you, you believed in yourself again and boom, we're going to reward you for this. And it's just kind of, you know, it's just the, the universe's way of, I guess, of, uh, you know, rewarding the, the bad times. Like, I don't know the, the yeah. overcoming, I guess. On uh, another thing that I was curious about from your story. So, Obviously, if you can get viral videos, go for it. I mean, that great advertising, great reach, organic growth. But it's really hard, especially when it forbid. It's hard. It seems like it's exponentially harder for business versus just an independent creator that's just making funny stuff. But then, yeah. as a new business, it's hard as well. So you can't really plan on like, oh, I'm just going to do another viral post to sell. You know, get the shipment sold off, and then I can do the. You know, so what's been the like the 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 planned for the the plan for growth or like what what have you been doing to get the product out there that seems to be working when you're intentional and then obviously if anything like takes off and goes viral that's that's icing on the on the cake but what what's been like the best thing you found to get your product out there for people yeah i guess um again it kind of goes to the highs and lows again uh, the uh you know, telling people about it, just mouth to mouth or, you know, word of mouth and stuff like that, doing trade shows and, you know, just as much exposure as you can, because, you know, it's people are very skeptical of things they can't touch, feel, smell, uh, mm. or, yeah, feel, smell, whatever, you know. Um, so, but if it's in front of them and you can, you can say, hey, man, like this is the benefit of my product. You know, they can't just scroll past you. Like, you know, people are kind of forced to give you the time of day, whether they tell you to piss off at the end of it or, but, you know, it's, people can tell genuineness too. So, and it's, mm. that's one thing I feel like we've lost and it's been lost over the series of this, this whole COVID thing or whatever. It's just the, the genuineness that people share and whether, like you said, if it's a product that you can't really get a viral video on or something like that. Well, go tell somebody in person about your product and they're going to be like, they're going to see the passion behind it. They're going to see, you know, in, in your eyes, they're going to see those nights you didn't sleep or, you know, how, like how much you believe in it. And that's going to, you know, inspire them hopefully. And again, it's not everybody, but I mean, I think that's the best way is to get out there and give it and network with as many people as possible. Talk to always make a friend everywhere you go. Like, you know, right. Cause everybody, everybody knows everybody. I mean, or, you know, everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. So it's like, it's, you're not just making a friend. You're making, you know, a friend who might know the next investor or somebody who's, 
got an idea to bring your product to the next level and stuff like that or whatever it is. So I, I, I think you just have to, I feel like society keeps it. So we do things alone, whether, you know, it's kind of how we're taught in school. Like every test you take, everything is by yourself, you mm. know, head down, don't look around. But when you look up and you work and you start, you know, realizing there's a whole community of hunters or it guys or painters or, um, whatever musicians whatever it is uh, it's it's incredibly hard to do things by just saying i gotta do it by myself blah 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 like just network talk to people you know some people you're gonna get your nose and you're gonna get people that hate it but you're gonna get people that love it and that guy might know somebody who owes somebody you know and that's that's kind of what we had to do you know we've done the the long trade shows and you know i think that's the best way people really see your uh sincerity Okay. So getting it in front of people sounds like that's been, that's been the, I don't want to say moneymaker, but that's been the breadwinner of like getting in person at a trade show at some place where people can see it, where they can see you, they can talk to you, they can ask you questions. Then they start to see the passion that you have for it and the excitement and the energy. And that's kind of what you've, it sounds like that's what's been the real key to growing aside from obviously anything that can go viral or anything that takes off digitally. Obviously everyone wants that, but it's really hard to plan. It's really hard to be intentional on going viral. Yeah. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd be lying to say if that's where all of our, um, success, if you, you know, if you will, uh, has come from is in person. Uh, we have had, you know, a lot of viral videos and, but that's also just kind of being aware of, you know, what's, and, and, and I'm not trying to toot my horn because I know nothing about marketing about, you know, anything. I don't know how to, you know, I'm just a guy that again, just got into this thing and I went to, went to college for criminal justice. I mean, there wasn't, you well, know, I didn't have a business degree or anything. So, I mean, I just, I just pay attention. I enjoy, I'm a people watcher. Wait so a I second. Enjoy You're telling makes, me that yeah, the yeah. Marines did not teach you how to market and sell a product. <laughs> yeah would you believe that man? what are our tax dollars even going towards <laughs> you'd cry if i told you <laughs> <laughs> well you probably have a lot more realistic and functional skills um from being in the marines and just marketing and digital e-commerce wasn't one of the classes it wasn't one of the ocs's you could sign up for right yeah exactly it's uh you know, I, again, I'm, I'm a people watcher and I'm never afraid to ask a question. I think that's what, again, society has it. So you're just kind of focused. You don't ask questions. You don't want to stand out in a crowd. I'm married. I got a daughter. Who, who am I trying to impress? I'll ask the dumbest question in the room. And, uh, you know, if people want to laugh at me, guess what? I got the answer. So who's the joke on, um, you know, and I, and I just, so sorry, back to what I was saying, when I watch people, I kind of watch what, you know, how people interact, you know, what makes them smile, what makes them, you know, engaged in something? Uh, what is the length of engagement? I, I really kind of try to analyze things. And again, that might be something from the Marines and just the, you know, analyzing situations and stuff like that. So um, I don't know, but uh, that's kind of, I, I don't know if that's attributed to the success of our viral videos again they're nowhere near again i'm not trying to toot my horn they're nowhere near as viral as some of the videos out there but for us and you know in in our house and our small business they've uh they've done well and um i just 
keep trying to find what, what engages people. What, what do people like, what would I laugh at or what would I think is cool? And then right. kind of do that. And you know, there's always a thousand haters that will don't think it's cool. So, but you can't, you can't be afraid of those haters. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's certainly true. Um, earlier you talked about that you had some ideas for, it sounded like you have ideas for both Gilly Puck, but then it sounded like there might be some ideas for uh, a second, third business, fourth business down the road. So I guess probably don't want to spill too many beans, but is what's, what is next for Gilly Puck? I mean, is there, do you have like different products in mind for adding to the concealment portfolio, if you will, or are you thinking the next turn might be like a, a separate name and a separate brand and a different product, like a different vertical? Um, so we're, we're probably, you know, if things are going and you know, God willing, you know, we'll probably launch uh, like a sister company. Um, mm. however, it still ties in, like there's still yeah one in the same, but just separate, you know, for maybe a different set of hunters, Okay, possibly you know, a little, little foreshadowing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I, you know, I want to, I want to do. And now I've kind of been like, all right, well, I help, you know, maybe a few deer and turkey hunters and stuff like that. You know, who else can I help? Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Then you have kind of like a family of brands and then all of a sudden someone's going to be calling you some corporate conglomerate, uh, in the hunting industry and, and then all of a sudden you'll get a whole different style of hater comments because you're uh, oh, yeah. one of these guys that, uh, one of these rich guys that owns everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. I just, whatever I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing. I can't, I can't, I can't worry about those guys out there, man. I gotta, I gotta just keep on this path. I gotta keep, you know, if I stay, I'd say my success again, it's, I'm not trying to say I'm successful by any stretch of the imagination, but my thus far success in this product and being able to provide it to people has been because of my passion for the, and the love of hunting. Like I, I love mm. hunting. I, yeah. I try to put off watching, um, you know, one of my favorite shows is like Chase in November. Um, I try to put off watching it for as long as I can, because once I start on that, path man it's a sickness and it consumes every part of my life and i have to pack orders and so <laughs> i can't i can't be uh, stuck just glued to the tv and you know um it is a sickness but it's a passion and it's a healthy sickness so i, I, I want to keep helping people awesome awesome well rob just like that we are reaching an hour and uh time always flies when you're talking about something so close to the heart as your own business yeah. and for me, it's just talking to other people that are excited about their businesses that, that makes me forget about the time. But but before we do go, I do want to give you an opportunity to share with all of the listeners where they can go find out more about the Gilly Puck website, social media. Where can they uh, learn more about you and more about the product? Yeah, so we're on um, TikTok, Facebook, and I think YouTube and uh, Instagram all under Gilly Puck. It's G-H-I-L-L-I-E-P-U-C-K. Um, and then our website, gillypuck.com. Um, you know, you can Google us. It, sh- it should pop up, hopefully, and uh, or type it in, whatever. But, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're on all social media platforms. And, you know, we, we try to roll out as many demonstration videos and 
you know, product reviews as we can. Awesome. Well, I'll put the links to all of those in the show notes for this episode. So folks, if you have ever been busted by a doe, which every one of you should be raising your hands right now, go check out a, one of the ghillie pucks, one of the different options they have for adding some concealment and don't get busted anymore, I guess would be what the best way to put it. I mean, why, why waste an opportunity at that big buck that's coming after you if you can avoid getting busted? I've been busted so many times. I've picked out that's certain it. does that keep busting me, and I've committed to try oh, and yeah. harvest them because of oh, revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So Awesome. Well, thanks, Rob. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for being here, and thank you for listening, folks.